0: To Good Things Guy and to South Africa. We featured him for many different things. Um, he wrote a book uh, a couple of years ago um, that I actually featured in, and I didn't know. I got the first copy and I didn't even know I was in the book until about a year later when he'd asked me if I'd read it, uh, which is a bit ridiculous. But he's a friend to Good Things Guy. He does good things in South Africa, and we have him on the Good Things Guy podcast today. Mike Sharman, welcome to the studio. What an introduction, Brent. This, this is how I roll. And I wasn't lying about that whole book story. So, so, I mean, for the listeners that might not know, what was the title of your first book?
1: Well, Brent, for context, before we just landed out there on the listeners, in business, there are a lot of dicks. Don't be the biggest dick, be the best dick at anything you do. And that is that is gender neutral.
0: Yeah. So the book is called The Best Dick. And I actually wanted to throw it out there without any context because that that normally gets um the tails wagging and and the tongues wagging as to what it is. But now that you've explained it and I'm in the book at some points. And I never knew that for the first year. But that's not why we have to to talk uh, today, today, I want to talk about the Tinder Swindler and how you got involved in this crazy story. Yeah. Um, Shaman, for, for some of the listeners that perhaps um, don't have Netflix or haven't watched this crazy documentary, what is the Tinder Swindler about? It's basically the ultimate uncatfish catfish
1: catfish that turned out to be a catfish. So, you know, with all these dating apps, you always have to be a little bit hesitant about the type of person that you are connecting with. And for me, fortunately, in my era, I haven't had to use things like Tinder and dating apps. And, you know, I used to meet people in real life. And um, I think that there's so much more pressure on people to actually connect. And what can you trust about the way in which people are selling themselves online? So Tinder Swindler is a story about an israeli guy who um he positions himself as this diamond dealer and he has this instagram account with a hundred thousand plus followers the pictures are baller lifestyle to the max there's jets there's five-star cuisine there's tasting menus at places around the world and what he does is he goes on this mission and it feels like um there's something about ladies from the Nordics. That feels like that's his sweet spot. Uh, Norwegians, Scandinavians, like that's that's his vibe. And there must be um, some kind of research about them being the most trusting nationalities. But in one of the situations which we see in the documentary is this young lady, she goes on a date with this gent and within half an hour they're clicking and there's a vibe, they're vibing. And all of a sudden he invites her to go on his private jet. She must pack her bags and they go. I mean, for me, my South African cynicism screams human trafficking, don't get on the jet, but, um, you know, she rolled with it. There was love lovemaking within the first 24, 48 hours. And, um, yeah, she was really bought into it. And the story escalates into this full blown affair and relationship across the board. He's supposedly flying between countries doing diamond deals. He has a lot of enemies, my enemies are after me. So we have to be prepared for the future. And, um, eventually the crescendo gets to a space where he's suggesting she find a flat for them to live in fifteen thousand dollars or pounds a month is the budget that he's given her they're facetiming they're video messaging they're sending texts backwards and forwards i mean that's the, the most impressive part of this con is that he wasn't just doing this with one girl he was doing it with multiple girls across the world i mean he had a few messages that were copy and paste and hello baby i'm missing you today and this is me on the jet so there's stuff like that that he's obviously just uh, broadcasting to all all of the ladies on the hook. But um, ultimately, it ends up in a situation where he says that his enemies are after him. He has a picture of his bodyguard, Peter, and he's got a bleeding head and he's in an ambulance and you must send money. And the lady starts sending some money and then he sends proof of payment to say that he's paid them more back, but they're just waiting for it to clear. And it just goes down into an absolute tunnel of insanity. And um, he apparently racked up about $10 plus dollars. And he ended up using one lady's money to fund the lifestyle and the dating of the next one and the next one. So it really it, it is the ultimate swindle. And, and that's the, the the context of that show. So I'd finished watching the documentary. And the next day I was chatting to my mates at uh, ShopRite, the, the creators of the 6060 app, which is the number one grocery app in South Africa. And they said to me, look what we've changed. We've added these missions to our app. And I said that is absolute genius. There's a shout out to Nasipi who came up with the, the lines internally and there's missions around this actual Tinder swindler relevance. And I love it so much because there were sections like Peter Hurt in the grocery app where you could go and find all the stuff that you need for your medical aid requirements, uh, plasters, dental, bandages, etc. There was uh, my enemies out after me and those are things like energy drinks and the stuff that you need to be pumping through your veins while you continue to escape your enemies. And I put that stuff out onto social. I acted as my own quasi-influencer and my LinkedIn post about these updates received about thirty thousand views
0: in a day or so, and my tweet went absolutely mental. I saw that shaman and, and I think the reason the reason for this interest in how clever the the marketing idea or the creative idea uh, to use this this documentary in in a South African context um it became it became viral or it went viral because we were all watching it we all watched the documentary we all understood what it meant for most of us understood what it meant to say my enemies are after me so so big shout out to to being brave first of all for a brand to do that but secondly for executing it so well thank you and you know the the response to just those simple posts was so encouraging
1: and, you know, for me, I always love to push the boundaries on certain storytelling. And we worked with uh, comedian Glenn and pam and his partner Oliver Booth at Panther Punch, a, a small production company. Glenn is obviously no stranger to South Africans as he plays the character of Rail Rosen in, um, in Tully's series of Baby and Wedding Diaries. And, you know, we do a lot of work together where we jump on trends. We, we collaborate together.
0: We have good relationships with these brands. Before you explain, <laughs> I'm going to add in here that Glenn was also uh, you and Glenn, and we featured you on Good Things Guy as well. You guys all also did the creepy teacher, which was unreal. Yo,
1: Brent, that was a not to 96 hour virality extraordinary. I mean, it basically went from zero to a hundred in a heartbeat. And if you thought that heartbeat was fast, I mean, this response was even faster. I'm still exhausted a week later. I'm still recovering from the intensity and uh, like the, the soul
0: that we invested into this one. What exactly did you do? So you had the, you had the checker 60-60 thing. You've watched the documentary. You can see the interest in South Africa. Did you did you phone Glenn and go, we need to do something?
1: No, no. Before that, I just said, I said to ShopRite, I said, Glenn actually kind of looks like Simon Leviev And um, you know, it's, the uh, you know, maybe the fact that there's a, a common Israeli heritage, you know, there's, there's some kind of doppelganger-esque kind of look and feel. Like in My Creepy Teacher, Glenn didn't look like Craig Foster, but his performance was so good. And the wardrobe and all of those mannerisms and nuances were so good. So, he's a really good actor and a, and a comedian. But the fact that he even looked similar to Simon was incredible. So, we, um, I basically jumped onto a call. I said to ShopRite, let's do this. Unlock some budget. Let's make this thing. And they're a very nimble organization. Like in Brackenfell, they've got this incredible R&D center where they um, – Experiment with the future of grocery, like there's space for them to look at ways that you can go into their canteen and how you can purchase products without swiping them, without paying for them, literally walking in and out like that Amazon concept store we saw a few years ago. So ShopRite X is really at the cutting edge of what retail is experimenting with and redefining for the south african consumer and i think it's exciting because we've had these two years of COVID, and now as people return to the the normal or the new normal world and um, there's some amazing things that are coming out from that brand and i think it's definitely the one to watch and that's why they've been so successful with the likes of 6060, because you know they really just dug in and leaned in during COVID in a time when not a lot of innovation is happening and they just said let's go all in and they've got some of the brightest minds working there so it's a really great Brand to give them some love. And I just said to the guys, like, we've got to move quickly with this thing. Let's create um, a Simon Leviev Speaks Out because he obviously went into hiding. He hit more than 200,000 Instagram followers. He'd been banned from Tinder. He'd been dropped off so many apps. And I felt like there was a really nice juxtaposition between ShopRite putting out this um, spoof using its missions on 6060 and Glenn being able to look like Simon Leviev. So we wrote a script. We stripped some phrases about the enemies around the actions and reactions and all the kinds of phrases that the Simon Leviev character was using in uh, his voice notes in the documentary. So um, ShopRite was keen, then spoke with uh, Glenn and Oliver and we said, guys, listen, let's just make um, a Simon Levive Speaks Out response. And that's when the wheel started turning backwards and forwards with some scripts. And this was on a Thursday morning. By Thursday night, the guys were shooting the content. We had a draft that evening, sent it off to the team for approval. And Friday morning, we were live. So in, in quicker time than creepy, fortunately, we kept the set simple. So it'd be shot in one kind of setup. And... Um, yeah, now we are like a week later and there's been almost 5 million views on Glenn's TikTok alone. I mean, he's grown by like 5,000 followers. It's been absolute insanity. And the great thing about it is also taps into like search uh, behavior. So like if people search Simon Leviev uh, on YouTube, here's Simon Leviev speaking out. Glenn was so convincing as Simon that... um you know, he even had responses by people like, oh, this is shameful. You should never be profiting from this. You've done terrible things to those women. <laughs> so the fact that people even believed be Simon himself, like it just, it just pushed the skit that much further. And what I love about this is that there's measurable responses, like of record days for the brand in terms of sales, in terms of actual tangible return on investment, because that's what brands are always looking for with this kind of thing. Like we can show the link between the awareness of the skit and the actual sales drivers from the app itself, which is basically
0: marketing virality, holy gold, holy, sure. holy grail Totally. And and I'm going to go back to exactly what I said. Uh, It it shows that when a brand is willing to be brave and do something that is completely out the box, the return on that is massive. And I think a lot of other brands could learn from this. That's a good news story. Um, A lot of the time, uh, and and it goes back to when I was in the advertising space, uh, you get these creatives that come up with these incredible ideas and uh, for the clients and the client's, is just too scared to jump into the deep end with, with an idea that's too out there. And this idea that you guys had is out there um, to jump on on a narrative that that could be taken the wrong way. Um because it is it's terrible what the Simon guy did to those women. But by playing on on one of our attributes as South Africans, and that's the ability to laugh at ourselves, to laugh at the situation um it's It's gold, as you said and and I think it just shows again by being brave, the return on that is enormous and I think exactly to a point brent it's like it's
1: such a fine line between that controversial stance versus like synergistic stance, like the fact that this dude had been blocked from all his apps. It was quite a nice inclusion in the narrative that he's even been blocked from his grocery app. And I can't go out into public because everyone's looking for him. So it just there were so many ele- elements of that, that story arc that we could extend into this like imaginary playful world that it's, it's acceptable. It's understandable that geez, he can't even buy groceries like that's how um, on the bones of his bum he is right now
0: well I, I think it's incredibly clever and and I want to applaud you and your team and I think it's really cool that we have um, South African agencies that are doing great things that you know could stand could stand against the big giants globally uh, as as good ideas when it comes to to jumping on on relevant topics but speaking about relevant topics, I must just um, add in that that retroviral Has been added to the world's top 100 innovation success stories, and that's and and Retroviral is your your agency. It's it's this machine that turns out these great things, and somehow um, I've landed on on that list as well. So is Good Things Guy. Not somehow, Brent. I
1: mean, let's not be humble here. Like, come on, this is this is just it's it's obvious that you're part of that list.
0: Well, I just I just wanted to say congratulations. Um, the book will be coming out uh, at some point this year. I did see a couple of other names of people that I know uh, in there. Malusi's Everyday Zulu is also part of that top uh, 100 innovation success stories. So really cool stuff happening for you, Shaman. And it's just great to, to celebrate not only the big ones, but the small ones. That's it. And I mean, I think that's what we
1: really have to lean into this year is like, any form of W, any form of win is a thing that we should be proud of. Like we've been through a lot as a nation in the last couple of years, the last decade, we're still seeing all the the skeletons coming out of various closets. And I think that the more we can champion South Africans doing good things, the more we can encourage future generations of success. And I think we've just been bogged down and exposed to such negativity and people doing elements and aspects of getting up to skullduggery. And I think that that's that's the stuff we shouldn't be talking about. We should be celebrating the good things. And I think that's the best thing about your platform is like, let's showcase what good can equate, what good can lead to. And yeah, we are, we have some of the finest minds in the world. And I think that Innovations of the World Awards is one such platform where we'll be able to see a showcase of so many different South Africans from different backgrounds shapes and sizes and what we are capable of we suffer from imposter syndrome we suffer from big fish small fun uh, big fish small pond mentality but you know we can punch above our weight and we can
0: be the best in the world in all of our disciplines so let's celebrate that and we're going to. And I think that's what 2022 is about. Um, my narrative for this year is about being purposeful. It's about leaning in. It's about making the world what we want it to be. And I think in the words of Simon Levive, uh, we can say to every action, there is a reaction. There is
1: reaction, Brent. So put your action in positivity.
0: <laughs> well, I want to thank you, Shaman. I love having you on the show. I'm not going to ask you what's next, because I think when it comes to the things that you do and the sort of work uh, that you put out, we have to wait to see. It's We have to wait for something to happen internationally or via a documentary that goes viral. I don't know, Tiger King ver- ver season three, and then we'll know what, uh, what the Shamanade is up to. Tiger King. But listen, Brent, we are going to
1: have a chat sometime in March because there's a book coming out. That's the only thing that I can tell you for certain. Ah, there is. There's a second book. Is it called The Best Dick 2? The the Bester Dick. No, no. It's, <laughs> called, it's called Brandalism. This this The second one's a little bit more um, mature. It also talks specifically to the elements of branding and how the average business in the S&P 500 in the States about 30, 40 years ago was about 55 to 60 years old. Now fast forward to 21, 2022, the average business is only 17 and a half, 18 years old. So if you think about it, that companies on that list of the likes of Facebook, Google, et cetera. And that's quite a terrifying thing. Most of the brands that we know and love today that have been around for decades won't be around for much longer. So brands need to start understanding to your point earlier, that bravery, what can they vandalize about their existing brand so that they can phoenix out of the renewal and brandalize their position so that they can continue full steam ahead in a new iteration of what they started out when they were a
0: start-up. Well, as soon as the book launches, I'm going to have you back on the show. Um, Obviously, our listeners will want to know more about that. Uh, It's been great. I love you, Shaman. I hope you have the best day. And um, keep breaking the internet. Let's break it, Brent. Let's keep breaking it. Peace out. That's it. Wishing you only good things. And for more good things, visit www.goodthingsguy.com. Okay? Love you. Bye.